Yo, this hot, this the spot, there it is, pod.com. We're interviewing the best comedians, so tune in quick and get your ears receiving them. We're talking about life and life to stream right to you from the microphone right to your home, dude. Side note, this might get embarrassing, but no, don't sweat, yo, because there it is. Welcome to the There It Is podcast. A comedy podcast among comedy podcasts. I'm your host, Jason Farr. Let's do this. Thanks so much for being here. Someone asked, why do I say let's do this? Isn't that something Mark Marin says? Yeah, I didn't mean to accidentally steal that from him. Um, the backstory on that is I was hanging out with friends. We uh, came back uh, from hanging out, and the time was 1234. And uh, I was, I pointed it out. I was trying too hard to be funny, and maybe I'd had a, I was hopped up because I was hanging out with my, with my best friends, and we had had a couple of drinks. And it was uh, 1234. I went, look at what time it is. One, two, three, four. And then I tried to think of something clever to say, and I couldn't. And I went, let's do this, because that's all I could think of. I'm an idiot. But I thought that was funny. And then on the first day that I was launching this podcast, I, I wanted to launch it at one, two, three, four, because that was just a time. It just seemed like whenever I looked at a clock, it was 1234. It was always one, two, three, four. So I just wanted to do that. That's the backstory. That's the lame backstory about why I always say, let's do this. If you are listening for the first time, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. If you are not listening for the first time, thanks so much for coming back. Please Look us up on Twitter and Facebook at There It Is Pod and follow and like us respectively. That would be fantastic. Also, leave a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can also go to thereitispod.com and read up on old episodes and read some other blogs. It'll be great if you could do that. This episode is a good one. They're all good ones, if you ask me, because I'm biased. But this one is great because it's with the artistic director of the Magnet Theater in New York City, Megan Gray. She's fantastic. She's done a lot of improv. She's been performing a long time. And we get in a good discussion at the end about the improv community at large and the diversity within that community. I really enjoy it. I hope you enjoy this chat. Without further ado, let's get right to it. Here's my talk with Megan Gray. The first time I saw you was at NCCAF. And yeah, I, I've been there a few years, yeah. Oh, cool. Okay, um, I probably have seen you another time other than the time I'm thinking of, which was this year. Yeah, it probably was. I mean, my team has been going for the past nine years. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. early on, we went, like, every year, but then mm-hmm. it got more sporadic as the years went on. But uh, I was down there for, like, several, maybe, like, seven times I've been there. What was uh, that team that you were going there with? Uh, junior Varsity. Oh, that's okay. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my Magnet team. And we've been a team for 10 years. So, wow. uh, yeah. So we've been to a lot of festivals. That's awesome. I yeah. don't know that I've had a chance to see Junior Varsity yet. Thursdays, 8 o'clock. Okay. Well, um, I'm, I can't go this week because it was yesterday. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I'm trying to make it next uh, week. I'll allow time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd be fine. interesting to see. I mean, a team that's been performing together for ten years. Uh, yeah, has it mostly been the same dynamic? Yeah, I, we have five original members, and then we added three more people. Oh, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's one of those people has been on it for like nine years. <laughs> wow! And then two, we just added someone like three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so that always like changes it a little bit for like yeah. for cool in good ways. Okay, cool. Yeah, I do know that some people can feel like I don't know they're too outside of the group. How does that when you have a team that's been performing together so long and then you are adding a member? How do you look for that new member? What goes into that decision making? Well, I think it was someone we all liked and brought something different that we didn't have and mm-hmm. she has a lot of heart <laughs> and that I feel like we're so we've become almost jaded and she brings uh, a nice vitality <laughs> to us and she's very caring and sweet and also uh, like very patient 
which I think like slows some of us down a little bit. Interesting. It's interesting that you've put yourself in the category of seeming jaded because you seem very thoughtful and sweet as well. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) It's everyone else. I'm the only good one. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, I guess that chemistry is since it was somebody that you already knew and liked, that makes it a lot easier to add somebody because you're familiar with them. Yeah, well, even for any of our teams, there's like a little bit of a uh, qualification. You have to have been on a team before Mm -hmm. to be able to be added to a team. So she's been around for the past few years. So even if you wanted to add anyone on a team, you have to have been through the process. So it's not just like a new person that nobody knows. Everybody knows this person. So, uh, and, and rehearsals also help to like get this person on the same page with you. So those are, those are essential. Awesome. Okay. How long have you been doing improv? Uh, since 2003. Wow. So almost 15 years. Almost. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was in college. Oh, okay. Where'd you go to college? Uh, NYU. Oh, all right. Yeah. So I was already in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Were you doing any performance stuff before you went to NYU? And I, yes, I wanted to. Uh, when I was a kid, I was always in, in plays and performances. But then mm. in high school, it was all musical, and I'm okay. not a singer, and I don't dance or anything. I'm not good at that. So I, all through high school, I really wanted to perform, but wasn't able to. Yeah, didn't uh, have an we, outlet. No, but we did a video club. And that's where we would make videos and we would act in the videos. And that was really where like performance started to happen. And uh, with that crew of friends, we would go to UCB and see their sketch shows because they had just opened the theater. Mm-hmm. So uh, so I always loved performing, but didn't really get a chance to do it as much as I wanted to when okay. I was a kid. Which is, I think, why improv became so attractive when I was in college. Yeah. That's finally amazing. i get to do like you finally got i get to, to yeah. do this thing that i've always wanted to do yeah <laughs> was there anything before that uh ucb time and uh seeing all the stuff that you'd seen in college but uh, was there any time before that growing up where you were super inspired and just knew that being a performer is what you wanted uh i think probably watching snl early on uh like dana carvey mike myers years yeah uh, we would always like, if, as everyone does, we would recreate the the mm-hmm. sketches or like <laughs> just we quote them all the time, mm-hmm. and I think it just looks so fun that mm-hmm. I that was that was a really big inspiration when I was a kid. Like I oh, and Kids in the Hall, uh, uh, yeah. which it was like it was on because like back then I didn't have cable, so I didn't have Comedy Central to watch it. Mm-hmm. So it was on after SNL sometimes like it wasn't on all the time and my dad told me about it and he was like you should stay up later and watch this and i was like okay and then that's I, pretty cool that your dad suggested kids in the hall to you yeah and monty <laughs> python and all these things like he just i i think he was just like this is weird and i think i like it i think you'd like it and that's really I really cool i yeah. gotta admire that because when i was watching kids in the hall it was kind of like i knew about it but my parents, if I had mentioned it to them, they'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, yeah. would have known. like my peers <laughs> my, would have known, but yeah, no my mom unit. was always like, this is weird. <laughs> but my dad and I would laugh and we really liked it. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, Do your yeah. parents perform at all? Did they do any performance? Oh God. My dad would love to, uh, but my mom, uh, we do a show at the magnet called I love you mom. Mm-hmm. And it's on mother's day. And, uh, improvisers improvise with their mothers mm-hmm. and my mother said the greatest gift i ever gave her was not asking her to do that show <laughs> so she would hate it <laughs> she doesn't like the attention mm-hmm. at all <laughs> someone's mom performed wednesday night at right. uh, the megawatt it was that's right uh, uh, i don't know how to pronounce his last name correctly Rob- uh no um demuth jonathan demuth, DeMuth. Yeah. yeah 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 i saw and that that was great and uh, uh, it was a, for her first time performing, and I, I leaned over to my my girlfriend and said, "Can you imagine my mom doing improv?" <laughs> oh my gosh! It would be the most. She would have no idea what to do, and she would yes, but she wouldn't know. She wouldn't and you know. <laughs> she, no, no. It'd be adorable. Yeah, there. One of the Mother's Day shows, like a few years ago, this one improviser, his mom, 
he tried to do a scene and she just kept saying, why are you saying that? Uh, and he yeah. was like, are you dating anyone? And she's like, I'm married to your father. Are you crazy? <laughs> and she like didn't understand. She could not take scene work away from real life. And it right. was so funny. That is hilarious. Oh, I loved it. My mom would probably be confused, but she wouldn't be like, I don't know if she would be that confused, but she would definitely be kind of like laughing and just saying, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Saying I'm silly would actually use my real name. Yes, of course, <laughs> you know, of course. Like, yeah. Oh, God bless them. <laughs> yeah. So, the what made you go with Magnet, or did you go to any other theaters? I started at UCB because mm-hmm. back then it was the only place you could go. Right. And I in New York, been, yeah. Yeah, in New York, and also, I mean, I was in college and. uh uh, I remembered going to see UCB. Like I'd seen UCB when I was in high school and college. I would go to shows, mm-hmm. so it was already in my brain. So right. and the show that they had on Comedy Central. So it was naturally. It was the only place you could go. So I mm-hmm. went there. But then, uh, about like a year and a half into it, um, my friends and I all started getting a little uh, like in our heads, and we were like, "Is this what we want to do? Do we like this or not?" Mm-hmm. Because we would. It just it wasn't as fun as it was at the beginning, uh, and so we heard about this guy Armando Diaz, and mm-hmm. he had just split off from the pit, and he was teaching classes on his own, and they were really cheap. So oh. we were all like, "How bad could this be?" <laughs> right? Like we're mm-hmm. like, let's just give it a go. And so we started taking classes with Armando, and then we liked it so much that we were like, "We only want to study with Armando now." And then he opened Magnet. And so we were there from the first day. Okay, very neat. And yeah. Um, so you've you've uh, been pretty uh, thoroughly invested in the company because you've become the artistic director. Yeah, it's um, been about six years. Very awesome. Yeah. What? Uh, so how did you rise the ranks? What happened in between uh, you starting there and then? Uh, you becoming an artistic director there. Yeah. Well, when I started, I'd only been improvising for like, what, like a year and a half, two years. And, but because we were like already studying with Armando, we were like the first level one, the first level two, we became the first teams year one at magnet. Mm-hmm. So all these people that have been taking classes with them, we just immediately got onto teams like within the first year. Okay, so by yeah. then I've had an experience like that in my old theater too, where it's like so young, it's easy to get on a house team because yeah. there's not that much competition. And we learned so much because mm-hmm. we were performing all the time because right. there weren't a lot of people, which is like you learn on your feet and it was wonderful. Uh, mm-hmm. So about, so that was the first year, uh, just being on house teams, getting better, getting more consistent. And then, Armando asked if I wanted to teach level one three years in. And so I said, yeah, I'd love to. So uh, he taught me how to teach level one. Uh, He taught it for eight weeks. I watched him and then I taught it for eight weeks and he watched me. Mm -hmm. So we, so I base, he basically, and this is how all of our teachers at magnet are taught is that like we have a really entrenched training program. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of feedback from another teacher and you are not you're you're not just given a syllabus and then said like hey figure it out. So Armando really taught me how to be a teacher. Uh, and then that was year three. Uh, and then uh, and then I was teaching for about three years. And then uh, I oh I, I went to I did a second city cruise. So uh, I was away for like five months uh, doing uh, the whole like improv sketch on second for second city on the cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back from the cruise ship, Armando said, do you want to be artistic director? Oh, wow. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. And how long uh, did you say you were on the cruise? Uh, about five months. Okay. And the, yeah. isn't that, is that called something specific or am I thinking of something else? It's, I think they maybe call it theatricals, Second City mm-hmm. Theatricals. It, it's mm-hmm. on the Norwegian cruise line, NCL. What was so, that experience like? That sounds wild. It was good. Uh I think if I did it again, I would then, I would know, like, when you do it the first time, you don't know, everything's new, and mm-hmm. you don't really know what four and a half to five months feels like. Right. But now that I know that, I think I would, 
probably enter into it a little differently. But I, I mean, hmm. it, I would pace myself differently. But it was oh. it was great because everything was new, everything was fresh. Uh, I went with my boy with Lewis. We mm-hmm. went together, so that was really nice. So like we were there together, and um, it was really. I, I mean, you're performing in front of thousands of people, and to hear them all applaud or laugh is this like just rise of laughter that yeah. feels so good. And and to know that I can make these people that have never seen improv, don't even know if they like comedy, I can make all these people laugh. That's there's a, a huge satisfaction in that. Yeah. That is really nice. And you come back from that in front of a New York audience with such confidence mm-hmm. and also professionalism. I bet, to know yeah. that like I have to I've been having to put on this air of like, I know what I'm doing, this confidence in front of thousands of people. So I can do it on any stage in New York. And it also teaches you how to host and mm-hmm. how to be like, just keep things moving in such a way that, uh, it was just a different learning experience. Right. I, I believe it's boom Chicago that they do in like Amsterdam. Uh, yeah, exactly. Amsterdam. Yeah. And I've heard of a couple people doing that, like Seth Meyers did that, and they just talked yeah. about how much stage time they got and how great that was because uh, they got a lot of the green off of them that way. It's, yeah. I, I yeah. imagine that was a big help, too. How many shows were you doing a day? Uh, well, actually, it's not a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. We would do, in a week, because it was like kind of in the week, we would okay. do two sketch shows, two improv shows, a workshop and a murder mystery <laughs> wow so uh so all in all it actually wasn't like a ton of work but it was very like intense when it was happening yeah and that's a good pace too you don't get yeah. burnt out but you're not doing like one show a week like you're still getting a good bit of time on like like a a good extensive amount of time on stage without it being too much yeah mick napier told us he's like you're either going to get a great body because you're working out all the time because you have nothing else to do mm-hmm. or you're gonna write a show he's like you'll <laughs> never do both and he was right <laughs> he was right we all lost all this weight we all looked really good <laughs> when we came back um what did mick have uh, to do with that how did you end up uh, in getting it that yeah. advice from him so he uh, he directed our murder mystery show. Oh, wow. Yeah, so we studied with him in Chicago for a week. And then and we also had a director for our sketch. So he was the director for the murder mystery. And so we would hang out with him after the rehearsals. And he's just so easygoing and great to hang out with. So that was really nice. Oh, very cool. Yeah, very cool. So it was great. When, so you come back, you become the artistic director. Um, yeah. what did that into, what does that job entail and, and how did that, uh, really come? Yeah. I mean, you were asked because when you came back, then Armando said, Hey, why don't you do this? Any particular yeah. reason that he pinpointed you? Well, probably because I had been around for so long mm-hmm. <laughs> and right. knew the environment. It was also, there were no other female ADs at that time. Mm-hmm. I think that's also not that, the, you know, that my gender came into play, but I think that's probably also like an interesting, good perspective that other theaters weren't having at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, um, I think just, I, have been around and that I could handle the people that have been there a long time, mm-hmm. but then also hear the new ideas that were coming from the newer performers. Uh, also, uh, the artistic director before me, Peter McNerney, uh, had oh. another job opportunity and he didn't want to do it <laughs> anymore. Okay, yeah. So they had he's part of, he's half of trike. Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, and so he sort of was like, I can't do this anymore. And then Armando, you know, I guess just, yeah, picked me. I, I clicked off a lot of boxes for mm-hmm. someone who they'd want, who would put a lot of heart into the job, um, would just do their best at all times. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah, I, I feel like I, I've worked pretty hard in you know whatever i do but uh i think it's probably the trust that i could handle the job and the job is because that was your other question right is like it's like being um like the admiral of a ship like okay. i make i schedule all the shows that mm-hmm. go on the schedule i pick all those shows but we also have musical 
teams. We have, mm-hmm. we have eight musical improv teams and there's a director of that. And then we have eight regular teams. That's so we have musical megawatt, we have regular megawatt and we have sketch teams mm-hmm. and all of those teams have their own individual directors who are mm-hmm. quality control. So mm-hmm. I don't really control those, but I check in with those directors and mm-hmm. sort of need updates from all those directors. Mm-hmm. So I do not coordinate Tuesdays or Wednesdays or sketch teams, but I check in with those directors and then everything else outside of that, I personally schedule and give feedback and, uh, kind of, uh, just put them on the schedule and continue to put them on the schedule. And for those other shows, is there quality control there too? After the Wednesday night, Monday through Wednesday night shows? Yes. Uh, sort of me. That's me. Mm-hmm. being That's the quality control yeah okay. or or the weekend shows have their own directors like right. friday night show chrissy grubel is their director mm-hmm. uh premiere the musical show is hannah mm-hmm. uh lewis is lewis kornfeld uh, is the director of ronda diaz experience trike is peter and nick but i talk to them all the time so it's mm-hmm. like it, it's each show has its own director the weekend shows mm-hmm. have their own director so i can talk to who i trust and mm-hmm. whose opinion um, I, I really uh, admire, and so I can always check in with them as well, right? To f- to make sure it's quality, but I also stop in and see the shows as right. well. And like you said, you're not controlling them, but you are just helping make sure everyone's on the same page. That's part of yeah. the checking in with them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they have to get a sub that week, uh, mm-hmm. or if like they get a new image, or if I, if yeah, I kind of pass along information to them about mm-hmm. the theater or like things that it's like, Oh, well your numbers, all of their numbers have been pretty good. But if numbers started to dip, I would talk to them about it. And we, we have a discussion about like, how can we help your audiences build up more mm-hmm. stuff like that? Also, I uh, have a hand in our diversity and inclusion program. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of our, uh, if someone wants to do a special event, if someone wants to try something, I'm oh, I'm also involved in casting. Uh, I I'm on I'm on the board of the cast casting for all the house teams, mm-hmm. and also uh, like if a talent if someone's if someone is coming to is asking like hey I've got this film that I'm casting for who should I reach out to? I give them contacts for people. So I'm sort of like the make because I know all the performers. Right. So I help out in that respect as well. Very cool. So when you are, uh, one thing that's, one thing that stuck out to me there was that there's a board, a casting board. I didn't realize that. Sort of. It's like, it, it's, uh, well, like if it's for megawatt, it's me uh, uh, Peter McNerney, who's mm-hmm. the level six a uh, conservatory instructor. Mm-hmm. So he's seen all their shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are auditioning, he's seen them perform. So it's him, me, uh, Nick Canellis, who's the director for Megawatt, mm-hmm. uh, Hannah Chase, who's uh, and Rick Andrews, mm-hmm. and they're both high level teachers. So we try to get not. We try to get as many people in the room who have seen these people in upper level classes mm-hmm. and who, who've seen them in a variety of lights, basically. So it's, not, it's not like a technical board, but mm-hmm. it's usually the, that group of people in, uh, watching auditions. Okay. How long do seasons last? Six months. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's um, usually level six happens January and February and then July and August. So we have auditions in March and in September. Mm-hmm. So you have until that time. But it's usually a year. Like it, it's rare that teams are broken up after six months. And uh, how many people are currently in the theater right now, like performing? Yeah, close to 200. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's uh, musical megawatt, regular megawatt, and sketch teams. Mm-hmm. So it's, a, uh, it's about 200, close to it, yeah. How many people are added each audition period? It depends. Uh, it depends on how the auditions are going, how many new people we have, who's leaving, who's getting mm-hmm. broken up. Uh, I, it might be 10 to 15 mm-hmm. a, a, a cycle, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, about That's an average. Sometimes, it, it, it really depends. Right. Uh, 
and with people no, coming no. in, there are people leaving. So, yeah, you know, it it maybe even feels like only seven people are at it or something like it, that. Exactly, or like they've come from another team, or they've mm-hmm. been they're being reshuffled, or it, it really depends on the cycle. I'd say, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's constantly changing. Right. Yeah, I I just have my experience back home, so I was uh, just kind of curious as to what the experience is like here, and it sounds. <laughs> fairly similar uh the yeah. scope of it is it's a larger theater uh than mine back home and um though this is my home now and i realize that <laughs> <laughs> but i i've only been here a month and a half so i'm getting used to saying new york yeah, is my home. But <laughs> how many teams did you have back at home Ooh, um well we so one of the big differences is that there are Thursday, Friday, Saturday night shows, and that's it. Ah, gotcha. And there are two shows per night. And um, though Friday nights, there was a jam that was added, so three three shows. So seven shows a week. Mm-hmm. Um, how many teams? I would say roughly, I mean, no more than a dozen. Okay. Um, but even so, um, I'm just kind of... Uh, trying to remember i never yeah i'm just guesstimating here on uh but you know that someone back there might be jason it's like eight (laughs) (laughs) that's it right but we have around um 70 to 70 ish uh members of the company i believe so maybe maybe 80 ish yeah that's great yeah uh so i think it's a good size it's um yeah i'm not sure if that's gonna grow or what of course we need more more nights of shows to i mean that's that's probably one of the benefits uh is that there are shows every single night at magnet and so there's more room for more teams and and opportunity to play there there are but it would be nice if we had a second stage we're we're even running out of room for all of our performers so uh more spaces would be great (laughs) we're working on it oh cool uh, as yeah. in putting a new theater in a different part of the city, or it would hope. I mean, we do, we have this is like all in the preliminary. Like we're just like it would be great to have that in the mm-hmm. same area as Magnet, or even if it's not like a bigger space, it's maybe two small spaces together. Right. Yeah, that that we could have a, a main stage and then like a side uh, experimental stage. That that's, would be interesting. That's the goal. Yeah, so that way. Yeah. Uh, in, in that idea, you would have maybe two shows going on at a time? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be great. That would be super cool to have a yeah. space like that where you can... Uh, I mean, because isn't that what a couple other theaters do? Or so they have... They do. Yeah. They have like an improv space and another space where someone could just basically uh, pitch an idea and get a, a show on. And that, that could be any kind of show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's important for people to be trying things out all the time. So it, it, that's that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Have something like that in the next few years. Oh yeah, well I, I I see no reason for that not to be in Magnet's future with the respect yeah. that it's getting and the growth that it's having. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to and you touched on this a little bit about when you made the transition to Magnet, uh, when it comes to approach to towards performing improv i guess there are two questions what is your philosophy uh and your your sort of belief system when it comes to improv and then secondly does that play a role in your job as an artistic director yeah my approach is always um i always want to make it the most fun show for the audience Mm -hmm. uh that's always my goal uh because like they paid and i they paid to be there. They want to laugh. They want. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, is it funny is always the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and am I being believable and honest and truthful to this moment right now? I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to sell it out what I'm doing. Uh, and I think for me, fun is always the most, the main goal. And yeah, absolutely. And that's also what I look for in shows. If a show's not funny, and it's not, and it's not saying anything, and it's sort of like, it's lazy. Then it won't come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it always ha- it also has to reflect all the other shows we have at the theater in a way, because we don't like we it, we want everything to like feel like 
magnet, like a magnet show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not that we have all of our shows the same, but right, we want right. to always have this sort of an essence. Uh, yeah, essence. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I feel it comes down to, and I think it does come down to, yeah, is it funny? And uh, are people going to see it? Do they like it? Those are always some of the check marks for me, because mm-hmm. uh, you could have a really hilarious show, but if no one wants to see it, <laughs> I don't know why that would be. But <laughs> people don't want to see it, then it's like, well, why are we putting it on? Right, and and that might be something where if you did have that second experimental stage, it's like, well, this show's hilarious, but people aren't seeing it, so we can put it on the experimental stage. Exactly, and right. maybe it just needs a couple more rounds. Maybe it needs a, a little bit more rep. Uh, reps on there right. so because that's also really important sometimes there's a show that it's not good but I can see potential in it mm-hmm. so or I trust the directors and the performers and so that's when shows come back usually it's because it's for those reasons mm-hmm. uh, yeah because yeah sometimes I mean yeah sometimes stuff really isn't that great first time right but if uh, if it has the potential it's worth investing in that right one thing that i'm struggling with is and you talked about it's like being funny but also being honest and i think i have the wrong take back sometimes where these discussions come up in improv where there people are like be funny and then and i don't know there might be one school of thought like you might hear a matt besser talk i was listening to an interview with will hines and he was saying he took uh he like audited a workshop uh, that Matt Besser uh, came back and taught, and that someone was like, "Hey," he asked the question of the of the the people there uh, taking the class, "What is it you want to do?" And nobody said, "I want to be funny." And he just kind of said, uh, "So nobody wants to be funny. Nobody thinks <laughs> they want to be funny." And, yeah. But yet at the same time, from what I've heard Matt Besser say. He's not trying to sell out anything. He's he's trying to be honest. He's trying to do yeah. honest, truthful work at the same time. And then um, then at the Magnet, uh, this seems like at the Magnet Theater, the School of Thought, and this is also a big I.O. thing, is being honest. And sometimes you'll even hear, I think I maybe have heard T.G. and Dave say, like, we're not necessarily trying to be funny. Oh, we're yeah. We're not thinking about that. We're trying to just be honest in the scene. But yet, it's hilarious. Yeah, I guess well, I guess maybe funny isn't like the right word. I think like entertaining. Mm-hmm. Is it entertaining and interesting? Am I interested in it? Mm-hmm. And you know, TJ and Dave show, you may not laugh the whole show, but at the end you like get on your feet and applaud because it's <laughs> right. so good. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's so theatrical. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I think I, I I guess I take that away funny. I guess like <laughs> am I enjoying it? Is it entertaining? Is it holding my interest? Is it saying something? Is it mm-hmm. Is it enjoyable? Is this a good? Is this a good? Is it worth people's money to like to see this? Right. So and I think so it I is think, a hard thing to yeah. articulate. Yeah, and, and I and yeah, and so like I think like yeah, am I enjoying it? it, it I, I I I hate being bored by a show. Yeah. Because uh, then it's like, well, I'm not. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, and and I yeah, I think it's yeah, is it entertaining and mm-hmm. am I interested and invested in these characters and what's happening? And I think when all that happens, we do laugh and it is funny. Isn't that yeah. weird? That's the thing that makes yeah. it so hard to articulate because there's also it's a, I think it's a, a Chris Gethard line of "Don't let them catch you trying to be funny." Oh yeah, like, don't and get that's, caught I mean, trying to be funny. Yeah, that's something we teach the first day of level one. We mm-hmm. say, "Don't try to be funny. Don't try to be clever." Right. Let the humor come from these truthful, honest moments that we relate to on stage. Right. And so, yeah, I don't even know why I said funny. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I think, I think it's because there is an expectation of comedy, and yeah. like, you know, we, uh, I don't. I, that's the thing that's so hard to articulate about it because funny seems like both the right and the wrong word to use. Yeah. And there's this, there's this like honest sort of humor, but we're not trying too hard to make a comedic take. We're, yes. we're, we want it to be, and like, in, like you switched it to enjoyable, which is, um, of course, a fine word, but then it almost someone could take the wrong thing from that and be like, oh, so it's not supposed to be funny. It's like, no, 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 not necessarily. Yeah. Like, like we want people to laugh, but we just want to do honest work. Yeah, it is tricky, and because I think the word funny 
kind of puts you into this like almost like a stand-up comedian yeah. sort of mindset of like mm-hmm. a joke or something. So and you're is, not trying to be jokey. No, no, and, and you can see when people are jokey or trying to be funny, it's and horrible. And it never works. <laughs> and it's so much pressure. No, it right. never does. And when you're trying to be funny with someone else, that's sometimes doesn't work i think playful was a word that i heard uh a a couple of times and i thought that seems like such a perfect word for it because we are playing we are trying to be playful with each other and maybe those are the shows that work so well is that it is when um someone is being playful and yeah uh, yeah that that those moments seem to really make it uh work a little those playful yeah. moments is where uh, maybe that's where funny and honest work meets is playfulness. Yeah. And I think also that playfulness, which with others and creating something together. So I think, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the joy and the, what's so crazy about improv is that like, yeah, you'll never ever see this, this, this moment of between people creating this thing together. You'll never ever see it again. Right. And yeah, and it may never ever happen again. So it's so bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <sighs> I've I've only been here for a little bit and I feel like I've crammed in and we haven't even done everything, but we in this month and a half we have crammed in so many amazing shows. Um we got to see Ass Cat the other day. We're going to see Armando Diaz experience tomorrow. Oh, it's gonna be a great one. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Uh, we've seen Trike, we've seen uh, Sisters 3. I hope to get them on. I really want to get... Oh, they're those. so good. Oh, gosh, yeah. And then, you know, we've just seen so many shows. We got to see TJ and Dave, like, uh, oh, that's right. Friday we were here. We've, saw, we've seen so many shows in just this month and a half, and yeah. uh, it's been pretty fun. You, you stuff so much time in uh, so many different kind of shows in such a short amount of time. You've been here a while, though, so you've gotten to see a lot of stuff and be a part of a lot of different things. Yeah. What sort of advice can you give someone who's wanting to maybe make the long haul here? Is it, Do we need to spread out this? <laughs> this is, are we going to burn out if we... Uh, uh, watch five thousand shows a week. Like, <laughs> well, I think like it's it's hard because uh, when I first started improvising, we would see a mil- we would do that. We would like watch whatever uh, we could anytime. Like we would we would go to every Herald night. We were there all night long. Mm-hmm. We would go see all these shows like anytime. It didn't matter how early, how late. And uh, like the first Still Close Marathon, we sat in the front row and we were there for hours. Mm-hmm. Like I I feel like if you're still hungry eat until you're full <laughs> and then yeah uh because you don't i mean you don't want to get burnt out but also like right. if you still have that need and that hunger and that drive like i'm glad that i did that yeah then because now i don't get to see as much as i want but uh yeah it, it really it really shaped my view of what i was doing and what i wanted to do and so i would say um yeah if you if you come here see as much as you can right mm-hmm. away while you're still enamored with it all. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, and then you find your groove and then you find the things you like, but I feel like see everything and get a taste for everything. Right. Yeah. I think one of the things I'm trying to do on stage, but also off stage is be more present. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I want to, if I'm, like you said, be if you're hungry, uh, I want to watch the shows just sort of like at the edge of my seat and, and hungry to consume it all. Uh, is also though it, it, I can get improv out. It's happened at festivals where I'm seeing all this yeah. amazing stuff from all over the place, but I just watched eight different teams in a row, and it's like my brain is mush. Yeah, you can't even <laughs> laugh anymore. It's just right. like you're just like you just smile and you're like, oh, that was funny. Right. It's yeah. Like, it's I just like, can't laugh anymore at at improv. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like the actual real life version of like. Uh, getting too much digital content you know like people just looking at youtube all day and then they're switching to their snapchat and then they're switching to their instagram and then they're going back to some other online video source yeah it's it's like they need a cleanse of all of that uh uh, stuff getting washed over them (laughs) yeah (laughs) you really like need a break or a drink or something Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) drink. that's now you're talking my language oh man yeah yeah, it really gets to be the point where you're like, I can't, 
do any more improv. <laughs> yeah. That's like, it's the same sometimes with teaching. If I've mm-hmm. taught like three classes in a row, like nine hours, I can't, I just need to like look at a wall <laughs> for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, I guess that's the good thing about New York is you can take a step back from whatever you're immersed in and have a million different options for a different kind of experience. Yeah, that is the that is nice, and I mean that's something I constantly have to remind myself. Like, you should do more than just improv. Like, go right. go to a museum, go see a movie, go see something else. And I and I think that's another thing of advice is like go mm-hmm. see a lot of weird things or yeah. different things, and read not just or, improv. Yeah, right, going book, to the Met or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it's I think a lot of it does come back to like a fear of missing out sort of thing where you're yeah. just oh I don't. Uh, you know, yeah, I know I should not watch shows tonight, but uh, it's it's Herald Night. I gotta go. Right. You know, it's like you, you'll be all right. <laughs> especially, yeah, I know. But especially now, like with social media, you get mm-hmm. like highlights, threads, or people oh, talking gosh. about shows, and it gets you get even more fear of missing out by looking at the photos, the tweets, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And then you're like, oh, I gotta be there. <laughs> well, when so, we, yeah, I mean, when we came up in October for a trip and. Uh, while <laughs> that weekend we were here, like, uh, I can't remember if it was the night after, uh, we were at, uh, Comedy Cellar, that was the night that Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, John Mayer, <gasps> Aziz Ansari, Amy Schumer, and Jerry Seinfeld all, like, got on stage uh, together. Oh, man, I heard <laughs> about that. <laughs> yeah, like, that was, we were here for that, and it was like, okay, we missed out on that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that yeah. could have happened. I know it gets to the point where you're like you can't. You have to be like, all right, it's just wasn't wasn't the time, wasn't the right time. Right, the stuff like that's happening all the all time. All the time. You, yeah, uh, you can't be everywhere at once. There's something amazing happening in some other part of the city while you're watching the amazing thing that you're watching. Uh, yeah, it's, you can't take it all in. No, you gotta. You can only see so much in one yeah, night. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I feel like we have uh, gotten to the end here. A really great talk. I feel like oh. I only scratched the surface, I but know. I think it is time to uh, try to create something together. Oh, that's right. We got yeah. that time. So, what is something that we could create together? We've talked a lot about uh, putting together a theater's schedule. Yeah, uh, we did. That. That's Maybe. what I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maybe we could uh, talk through planning a schedule. Oh, like if, sure. If, if we're going to start on theater, not going to do it. Don't worry, Armando. We're not going to steal <laughs> Megan away. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay. Here we go. New theater. How many spaces do we have, Jason? Let's say we have, let's say we're starting out so we we don't have the dream of two spaces. Okay. We got one. We, we got one, one little space. space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And But we do have the luxury of having a show each night. So we're, yes. we're going Monday through Sunday. Wow. I would. Can we start on Friday? Okay. Can we plan Friday? Start that. Yes. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, I think start. I think having a show at like seven is a good time first, mm-hmm. because people are just getting out of work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, what do you want to do when you get off of work? What's something you want to like see? Oh, like so a theme for the seven o'clock show? Yeah, yeah. Like, what if it's like. Some uh, what if it's something like People it could be something called like happy hour or something? Yeah, yeah, happy hour. Or, or like could I want, be something about we can't say power hour because that's uh, it, we'd be in litigation. Uh, oh, a yeah. couple of things already <laughs> utilizing uh, power hour, yeah. but yeah, it's the idea of just like happy hour. Um, what if there was like uh, that that show is like a theme. A drinking theme, where yeah, everyone has to get a drink. Audience and the and the performance. could be like a, a drinking game show, right? Or something like every time they did this, people had to drink or something like that. Mm-hmm. Could be. And then also, and this might be uh, too close to a, a show that some friends do, but here's in Brookie and and Jason Underwood at the Alchemy Theater do this great show called Speakeasy. And so they mm-hmm. take an uh, audience suggestion of a the name of a bar that could exist, 
and then they actually ordered real drinks from the restaurant that uh, you know the coffee shop we perform in that our theater is in and they uh order drinks that they think the characters would order at a place like oh. that, like that speaking and oh, then that's they cool. right uh so some maybe a, a Friday blow off steam sort of show would be uh, yeah. a good one. Definitely. Wouldn't necessarily be the speakeasy, but that kind of idea maybe. Yeah, that kind of thing. And, but and then I feel like that's the vibe of that first show. But then mm-hmm. I think the two shows after, if we're in New York, mm-hmm. I think they should be tour. They should be shows that if you walked off the street and you didn't know what improv is, mm-hmm. you'd be like, oh, this is good something Mm -hmm. for like tourists something Mm -hmm. for maybe even like not like pg-13 more maybe um yeah okay um when i think tourist in new york i think times square (laughs) um and that's and that when i think times square when i think of times square it's mostly like like you know uh, times square elmo it's like poor man's elmo or uh (laughs) poor man's (laughs) something yeah. So it what's could like, be like, or I mean, it could be a dream, like a giant dream that you just like interview one of the audience members and then mm-hmm. see New York through their eyes. Oh yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, For, yeah. So we can interview a, if the audience member is a tourist. You could say like, "What did you do today?" Yeah. And then we do like a dreamscape version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and then, then the show after that, what would uh. Uh. Well, now I'm only thinking about Magnet Schedule because we have a musical show, which is great. But if there was, I think, if there was like a 10 or an 11, some kind of, I think. Wild show? Mu- or music. Yeah, like a wild show. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like you could have a like a DJ one. themed. Uh, yeah. 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 What if it was like a DJ um, and like the cool. DJ edits by uh, using, like it, it, the DJ would have to have. Uh, obviously good improv instincts but also an encyclopedic knowledge of music and so they see they like uh in the opening they see the sort of mood and they pick some music uh those themes and they they incorporate that and that's how they like maybe edit scenes and it then becomes they are influencing each other to make the next move like the improvisers are influenced by the music which then influences the dj yeah, that would be I, really cool. It would be a fun show. I'd yeah, see it. That, I'd, yeah, I'd see that. That would be cool. The only thing would be uh, getting the DJ equipment. Yeah. <laughs> and getting someone that would do that. Mm-hmm. But I'm, uh, but now it's my practical brain. we got to think about costumes. <laughs> this is why you're here. This is why you are. theater. <laughs> oh, um, so boring. I'm so boring. Um, no, no. Those are those are the type of things that we want to hear on There It Is. Yeah. Uh, so that's Friday night. Um, what kind of stuff would you do for a Saturday night show? I Obviously, think, or I think thing, even but. start Saturday matinee. I think if there was a kids show, mm-hmm. I think that'd be really cool. Cool. Uh, for kids, some sort of like short form thing that they could get up on stage. Uh, that and would then be I, cool. Yeah. And then I think... The evening shows, similar to Friday, it should be very accessible. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be an improv uh, insider to know what it is. Okay. So it would be something. I mean, me, Jason. Also depends on the teams we have. If we've got some good teams, yeah, that would be great. Or so like is that really how- good. That's, you know, like you see the teams that you have and and you realize like, oh, the form that this team is doing is a style that's more accessible uh, for tourists or just like the, you know, everyday audience. So that's what you think about like, oh, then that needs to go on Saturday nights or. Yeah. Or is does this have the potential to fill in for those like it's always interesting because like when trike goes out of town Mm -hmm. i'm always like oh what do i put in that slot (laughs) uh so it's always good to know about like oh who could fill those who could who could do that not do their show right yeah the essence of like if i was coming for trike would i be disappointed with this show right or would i be like oh this is like a thing i didn't expect to see oh yeah yeah so if you are like planning to go at that time then you don't want to do like uh, uh, the hip hop improv show. Hip hop yeah. improv is awesome, 
but it's not anything like trike. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> exactly. Very different. So you don't want to so, you don't want to give somebody coffee when they're expecting orange juice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe like a team or like a really good sketch show, maybe mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. like a really uh, a very uh, when I. Uh, I don't want to say like Second City type sketch show, but like one where like everyone's nicely dressed. Oh, okay. very yeah, like yeah. Pr- like a, it's maybe not like the ragtag. Real polished. But like polished, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Polished yeah, that makes show. a lot of sense. Um, so that's Saturday? You think that's... Yeah. Okay, and yeah, Sunday. That's Sunday. Sunday, maybe these would be um, people trying out stuff. Okay. Or... Is uh, that the main... Would that be the main experimental night, a Sunday? Uh, it, it would be either a Sunday or a Monday. Okay. Would be more of the nights. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, because of those, the open nights. Right. And those <laughs> but, uh, are maybe but, the nights that if somebody's going to see improv on Sunday or Monday, they really like improv and they will accept a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> exactly. Or, <laughs> or your friends are, will come or, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. So it, you don't, Yeah. Uh, it also, if you're going on that night and you have a great house, that's a really great indicator because sometimes it's not always easy on a Sunday or Monday. Mm -hmm. So if you have that show and you can bring a really good audience, then that's a really good sign. Oh, cool. uh, Of that show and that person, because those are not the easiest nights. Right. So it it is a little challenging those nights, Mm -hmm. Sunday, Monday. Okay. So I would say those would be more experimental Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with sketch improv storytelling um solo stuff uh yeah all those kinds of uh check boxes okay so that could be sunday and monday yeah but now tuesday we've got tuesday through thursday yeah to, we gotta to... have a night for our teams Mm-hmm. and i think th- i'm gonna put that for thursday mm-hmm. i'm gonna put our like teams the house thursday. teams yeah yeah so the team's that we've already discussed are they not considered house teams or are they are those like special individuals who put together a show or uh, pitched an idea to the theater and the theater is like yeah you can do that yeah i think it's more of like they're not house teams because uh taking a house team from a from like their weekday slot and then putting mm-hmm. them on the weekend might send the wrong message or might make the other teams resentful of that team right so okay. but so the people that we would have on to like on Saturday would be uh, a group of experienced improvisers that are not in the house team format. Okay. If that All makes right. sense. I'm not quite sure. Um, okay. I think so I like, kind of have an idea. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it's basically like, cause you have like, say you have all your house, whatever teams, like then taking one of those teams out just to play um like um oh yeah no i get that part of it that yeah. why you wouldn't want to put a house team on the weekend because of you know maybe what it says to the rest of the teams but i yeah. just mean if we if we if you're calling the thursday night shows house teams then what were those teams called that oh those become weekend teams okay the weekend teams are outside of the system mm-hmm. and they it's a higher ticket price usually mm-hmm. as well uh there's a difference between weekend shows. I would maybe call it a weekend show rather than a weekend team. Okay. Okay. So there's weekend shows and house teams. Oh, okay. Yeah. And okay. Yeah. That that makes, makes, does that make sense? I get it. I get it. There was a question okay. I had, but then it lingered and escaped my brain somehow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh man. This is what, this is what a schedule does to you. <laughs> you forget, you start forgetting why oh, you came here. <laughs> Uh, so those would not be considered independent teams. They're called shows. Yes. And an independent team is a team that maybe it's made up of people who went through the curriculum, but it's not an official magnet theater team. Yes. Okay. So I would say maybe our indie teams would be on like a Monday or Tuesday. Mm -hmm. We'd maybe try out those, those indie, uh, uh, teams just to see kind of like what they would, what, what they would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what would go on a Wednesday? Uh, Wednesday. Okay. If I had complete control, 
Uh, I would probably, oh, in all of this, I would also have shows for like women, LGBTQ, uh, uh, diversity. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would have those peppered through Sunday through Wednesday as well. Mm -hmm. Having those shows um, that are a different demographic than everyone else and celebrate uh, uh, the diversity and inclusion of the theater. So like teams that are specific to uh, propelling. It would probably be a mix of rotating casts. Right. Okay. That would be a mix between students and more experienced performers. Mm -hmm. Because uh, you also want students playing with experienced performers to give them that confidence. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Because the teams seem pretty diverse as they, you know, as it is, but additionally you're saying let's add some more uh, celebration for the the diversity that's out there. And for students who may not feel as much diversity in their own classes. Right. To be able, because our our classes are very diverse, but some, uh, you can't control that because it's whoever signs up for the class. Exactly. But I think it's good for them to like, want to strive for like that, like want to be on teams. Like, uh, I, I, uh, I'm a student and I see, and maybe I don't see myself represented on stage mm-hmm. uh, all the time, but I get to play in this show where I do see very good players that do represent me mm-hmm. and wanting to, wa- uh, wanting to do that, wanting to be that is be as it's sort of, I don't know. It feeds into itself of, the community helping each other and getting good stage time and getting that experience from experienced players. That's if great. that makes sense. No, yeah. I, I totally get that. I was, that was actually something I was thinking about yesterday. I was just wondering how that diversity does work because, and, and if there is additional um, uh, work that needs to be done, if the teams are diverse and from what you're saying, I'm, I'm seeing a big benefit to, doing additional things to bring and celebrate diversity. Yeah. Visibility is so important and mm-hmm. it really, um, it, and also to have a group is like, it's just what I found from uh, as a woman doing all female shows, mm-hmm. uh, you can find yourself in uh, a more relaxed space or maybe saying things you normally wouldn't say if they were, I was on a team with all men. Right. So there's sort of, like pushing the boundaries of what you can say on stage in a safe space with other female improvisers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. So I, that's the feeling I get. And I hope to give that feeling to maybe other, um, people who feel that they are not a majority in the comedic, their voices are not the majority. Right. In comedy. You know, I think um, some people don't understand the need for these kind of things. And I see a need for it just because it's not it's it's become noticeable if you see a team that's all guys. Yes. Uh, Because I was at a I was at a uh, festival recently and it was like seven white guys. And there are a bunch of white guys who were looking at that saying. Uh, seven white guys <laughs> yeah Seriously? But, you know, and i think that's so interesting because i feel like eight years ago i would not have found that weird i exactly and that's but where i was actually I, going and even two I, years ago depending yes. on where you are like in new york that would be weird two years ago but to because it it has gotten to be more of a more widespread that there's all there's a lot of diversity on teams but um, in other places that aren't quite like uh, as progressive as New York City, um, right. there are teams. It's just like just dudes. It's like Dudeville yeah. all the time, and yeah. um, it seems like still now when you see a team that's all women, um, there's a lot of there's still a lot of talk of oh hey cool there's all women yeah. Which is the reason why we need it. The reason we still need this stuff is because it's still something to talk about. Yeah. And I'm, it's, and we have so much more work to do. Mm-hmm. And I haven't I think seen it, an th- all anything else team. Yeah. Right? Like I've seen all uh, male teams, I've seen all female teams, I'm not, I've not seen an all black team. Oh, there's one, um, there was one at UCB Astronomy Club, 
Cool. I've heard Lloyd, of them. I Lloyd just mean Z. I haven't seen them yeah, I, perform. Yet. I don't know if they perform still, but yeah, no, it's, uh, there's also this great show, um, uh, co- comedy people time. Mm-hmm. I believe it's called, uh, there's a couple of shows. Um, uh, Keisha Zoller also is a trio doppelganger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, it would be wonderful to be in a place where we could have, and, and not the, and it'd be normal. We have to put them all on the same team. But, like, yeah, it's normal. And it's not I just want it to be normal. Deal. Right. Yes. It's so normal for it to be all guys because yeah. that's what's going exactly. on for so long. And it's yes. it's any other pairing or group being the only person, only type of person on a team, that's still abnormal. That's yeah. still something that gets people going, oh, even if they're saying something positive, they're still saying, oh, this is not usually what you see. Yeah. It would just be great if everyone... T- I just haven't been to a festival yet where I was like, hey, that's eight black people performing uh, improv. Yeah. Or eight yeah. Indian Americans performing improv. You know, like yeah. I just haven't seen that. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think there's plenty of people to make that happen. I just uh, haven't yeah. oh, seen it. Oh, yeah. Yet. Yeah. And I... Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that, too. Yeah. Or, or so, even just like... Uh, teams that have, yeah, it's just like like broader mixes, right? Just like a big, uh, uh, yeah. I think all of that would be wonderful, and I think we still have some work to do. And it's good to have conversations like this. And mm-hmm. um, I'm going to a diversity and inclusion symposium in Toronto in May, mm-hmm. and they're very good about trying to make their stages look like their audiences and their city. Wow, and I, I don't know the I don't know the breakdown demographic breakdown in Toronto. When I hear uh, anything Canada, <laughs> I'm thinking French Canadians. It's, a, it's a pretty no, no. They're actually a pretty diversity, and um, mm-hmm. and they're doing a lot about diversity. And it's, it's the Bad Dog Theater in Toronto, and they're a really great example of like just really trying to get initiatives all the time. Uh, so yeah, that's, it, that's it's, very it's cool. Very good. Yeah, we have to keep pushing, and uh, yeah. It'll. It will never get. The, we're never ever going to be to the point where we're like, "Yep, it's done. We solved it." Oh yeah. So we have yeah. to just keep. There's always going to be somebody who's going to get to a point of saying like, "Hey, I'm feeling a little left out now." Yeah. And so like, okay, let's. Sorry, <laughs> let's bring you back into. Um, like, there's always. There's always. It's like any other relationship. Once yeah. you've figured out what the problem is, then it becomes actively and intentionally doing the solution yes it's 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 not a a switch that you flip you don't take a pill one time and then the problem goes away it just doesn't work that way Um, yeah you know it's about human behavior and we always have to sort of keep ourselves in check uh with any kind of behavior that we want to have we have to consciously make a decision to keep doing that thing that we want to do and uh, and consciously dis- tell ourselves, no, we don't want to do this other thing that we maybe feel tempted to do or maybe it's the easy thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Our so, theater's great, Jason. Our theater, our make, made up theater is going to be pretty fantastic. So good. <laughs> Did we pick Thursday? Wednesday is our diversity night, but Thursday was. Yeah. But I think like diversity, but we should also have that stuff happening like all the time too all the time but yeah thursday i thursday i think is probably house teams right that's right house yeah. teams that's our week yeah it's our week and what will we call yeah. this theater oh my god power oh. hour power. <laughs> after we were like no don't use that <laughs> get sued um <laughs> yeah let's um, see you know magnet i've always thought what a great name um for a theater I don't know yeah. the history behind it, but uh, we can get I can get that another time. Uh, maybe I'll get Armando yeah. Diaz on, and I'll, ooh, ooh. He, yeah, he's great. Calling him he's, out. He's he's what got us all. I mean, we all started studying because of him. Yeah, at, like at Magnet, like he really, uh, yeah, like a magnet attracted all of yeah, us. Yeah, that's why so. I assume. I just think that's a great name. So for us, what are what oh is, my uh, gosh, uh, playful theater. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, Let's see, uh, 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 gangbusters. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> there are, yeah. It's hard maybe to like, name stuff. Maybe like the moment or something, like because you have to like be in the moment, yeah. or or just be or uh, or. It could be like moment theater house. No, let's see. Moment 
Okay. Or I'm just trying to think of like if we were gonna shorten it to like MTH, but that. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's. Ugh, it's the place to be. I don't know. The moment improv theater, and then people can call it the Mitt. The Mitt. There we you, go. You, you got going the, to the Mitt? The Mitt. Yeah, I'll be at the Mitt. Yeah, I'm going to be at the Mitt <laughs> after we go to the Met. And, and then, then the Pit. <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> we just, yeah. It could be, it, it could be really anything. <laughs> we could call it Mittens just to make it. Mittens. <laughs> yeah. That's what we call the peep, the improvisers in it are the Mittens. The Mittens. Oh, there it is. Yeah. I love it. it. Yeah. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Thanks for talking to me, Jason. It was just great. Megan Gray is a delight. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And I also hope that there was no confusion about what we meant in the discussion about diversity. I know of a couple of instances where uh, some white men have felt bad about being white men. That's not a good thing. That's not the point. I don't think people should feel bad about being who they are. I think that's kind of the whole point of everyone being represented. Also, I think it would be great if we progressed enough that when we saw a team of all people of color or all women, that it was just normal, that it was just commonplace to see that. I just want everyone to feel normal. Speaking of diversity, I got to be a part of the diversity show Mixtape at Magnet last night. Megan invited me to be a part of that, and I had a great time. It was super encouraging, and I want to thank Megan and Magnet for letting me be a part of that. If you want to know more about The Magnet Theater, you can go to magnettheater.com. You can also follow them on Facebook and Twitter at Magnet Theater. You can also follow Megan on Twitter at GrayMegan. That's Gray with an A and Megan with no H because Megan's with H can get the H out. No, I'm kidding. You're all fine. I want you to feel normal whether you have an H in your name or not. You can follow There It Is on Twitter and Facebook at There It Is Pod. You can follow me on Twitter at Jason Farr Jokes. We have a fun episode next week. Until next time, be good to each other. The music for the theme song was created by Neil Brooks. The rap was written and performed by Nick Acevedo. The logo for There It Is was created by Jeff Prater. The There It Is podcast is produced by Jason Farr.